This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 12 We need to leave, Thera said with a stomp of her feet on the uneven ground of the bridge. So you keep saying, Echo shrugged. You keep telling me, and I keep telling you to tell the captain. I can't tell him anything, Thera snarled. No one can, Echo said with a shake of his head. Listen to me, Robot. We are in the Badlands that serve as the border, between the lands of my people and the treacherous tribe of Windmere. Every skim-run and attack drone on the planet is closing in on us, and your captain has spent the last hour crawling through service conduits in a ridiculous effort to save this doomed ship. She's right, Echo. Freebird's voice was weak and cracked with interference. You should save yourselves. Save the princess, and then the earth. Do it for Bix. What am I even listening to? Thirteen said from the floor where he had lain like a pile of dirty laundry since the ship crashed with his hands and feet still tied. That is a computer. This is just a spaceship. There are other spaceships on Grathol. Let's just go already. I wouldn't be in such a hurry, Jabdark, Echo said coldly. If Freebird doesn't make it, I say you go with her. Thirteen gulped and fell silent. It was madness. Computers with melodramatic death scenes. Robots with a taste for revenge. It... The entire universe was upside down. All hail the... Thirteen decided that he did not feel very much like all hailing the universe just now. The entire ship was parked on a rakish angle, and without the artificial gravity compensators it was treacherous walking anywhere. The fire suppressors had stopped the flames from doing too much damage, but every system was trashed or blown, and the last of the emergency power would flicker out in a few minutes. There was a crackle over the speakers, and a ghostly moan, as if the spirit of the ship was breathing its last. Thirteen knew that was ridiculous, but he could not fight the feeling that he was a crasher at a funeral, and he was not entirely certain that what was happening was not at least partly his fault. A grate on the wall was kicked open from the other side, and Bix Banderson crawled in, coughing heavily and carrying the end of a length of thick power cabling. Okay, he said. Almost there. Captain, Thera said. We have to go. Two minutes, Bix said, hauling the length of cable. Captain, I'm so sorry for what happened to Freebird, but this is futile. It isn't either, Bix said, breathing hard. I spent two days hiding in a shaft with nothing to put into my brain except every manual on StarCraft repair the universe ever put out. Theory, practice, experimental techniques. The sort of thing you'd never need unless you crash-landed on a planet somewhere, and I still know every line of it. Bix stumbled across the uneven footing, trying to reach a damaged system input rack with the power coupling. Echo skittered over to lend a hand. What are we trying to do here? The robot asked quietly. I've stopped the leaks and put out the fires, Bix said. 
but the hole is cracked, and just about every system is compromised. Which is why we must leave, Thera said desperately. I thought your mom was coming to rescue us, Bix said, wiping his brow with his forearm. I'm sure she is, and I'm just as sure that the forces of Queen Fire and of the Windermere are coming to kill us. It's 50-50 who gets here first. 50-50 is better odds than my ship has if I leave her now, Bix said grimly. Freebird's voice crackled, almost gone. Bix, you have to go. Do it for me. Save your Earth. I will, Bix said. But you first. Captain. Echo began quietly. Bix pulled hard on the cable to silence him. We're almost there, Echo. I got all of the circuit regenerators back online, even the backups. You're out of your mind, Thirteen called in spite of himself. Those were never intended for systemic failure of this level. What about the hull? That's why I ran them all through the phase discriminator array. Thirteen sputtered. Where are you going to get the power for that? It would require... An ion drive set on overload? Bix jammed the power coupling into the relays with a satisfying clunk. I know. The lights flickered and grew in intensity, and sparks began to fly from damaged systems once again. The entire structure began to glow softly. That sounds pretty dangerous. Thera offered nervously. Incredibly so. Bix nodded. She'll draw matter from the surrounding mountains and rebuild on a molecular level. Bix looked up and addressed the ship. You should see the new specs I pulled. Fins like on a Frusian jumper, you know what I mean? Tom-Tom guns, fore and aft. Chrome everywhere, you're gonna love it. Bix. Freebird breathed in wonder. How long is this going to take? Echo asked as the energy field around them grew more intense. Nobody's ever tried anything like this before. Bix said quietly. Could be hours, could be weeks. Earth doesn't have weeks, Bix. Freebird said, sounding like she was on her last legs. We don't even have hours. Thera snapped. We have to go. Captain, Thirteen cried. We can't stay in here. The transformation energy will kill us all. I know. Bix said. Freebird, you're going to be okay. This is going to work, I promise. Bix. She whispered. But there's one more thing I need to fix before we go. Bix. If we don't make it back, you'll spend the rest of forever waiting for me to come back so you can do whatever I say. Bix said. I said I was going to make this right, and I am. Bix, no. Captain! Thirteen called desperately as the light became blinding. Echo, pick him up and get him out of here. Freebird, after you reboot from sleep mode, execute this order as priority one. Bix. I want you to do a little database management. Find and replace every use of the phrase... Big Spanderson is awesome, and I will do whatever he says with the phrase. I will always try to do what is right, and I will trust myself to know what that is. Bix. Save and execute. Bix, my darling, goodbye. The voice faded, and the scream of the regeneration circuits working almost harder than they could repair themselves rose to a roar. Captain Bix Banderson. Earth Ranger Scout. Abandoned ship. Outside the craft, Echo was still struggling with the prisoner, and Thera was pointing frantically to the roughest piece of terrain they could see. It's this way, she said. I'm sure of it. Are you all right, Captain? Echo asked gently. I'm always all right, little brother, Bix said, chucking the robot on one of his many shoulders. You're brothers now, Thirteen snorted. He's 
brothers with a robot. His girlfriend is a spaceship. Bix Banderson, you are a madman. And you are luggage, Bix said, pulling the restraints from Thirteen's legs. No more free rides. You can't get on the ship and cause problems. There's nothing out here but desert and rocks. And there are two warrior tribes heading this way, either of which will probably eat you on the spot. Don't be ridiculous, Thera said. We'd almost certainly cook him first. See that? You keep up or you die out here. Your call. Thirteen stood and watched the three of them stumble up the slope for a few moments, then ran after them as quickly as he could. The jagged rocks and blazing sun of the Badlands were unforgiving and the going was slow. Bix had refilled his Ranger Scout canteen, but there were three of them in need of water now, and he was not sure how long they could last. They climbed higher up the slopes, the loose volcanic rock crumbling around them despite their best efforts to be silent. Thera never wavered, or seemed to doubt her confidence they were headed the right way, but if there was a difference between the desolation in one direction or another, Bix certainly could not see it. An hour later they could still see the ship in the distance, blazing with the impenetrable light of the regeneration field. Two hours more, and the only light they could see was Grathal's cruel sun, which seemed to linger forever at its highest peak. Echo was having the easiest time of them all, as he didn't need water and could run his own cooling systems, but even he was miserable. The footing was too irregular for his wheels and too loose for his scuttering arms, and he was forced to hobble along using both at once. Looks like maybe... We weren't in such a hurry after all, Bix said at last, though everyone was thinking it. Wrong. Thera croaked through her dry lips. The trackers would have brought them directly to the ship. I'm sure they're there now, trying to figure out how to get in. Good luck with that, Bix snorted. She'll be out of phase with the rest of the planet until she's in the cooling stage. Freebird has a better chance than the rest of us. If anyone has reached the ship, Thirteen gasped exhausted, it's a good bet they know where we are. The robot is leaving a trail that you could follow from space. I'm sure they'll just follow the salt traces from your tears, Echo said, pulling himself up the slope. I am not crying, Thirteen protested. I'm sweating. Well, then your eyes are sweating like a little girl's. I take offense at that, Thera said, not taking her own eyes off the horizon. Echo considered this for a moment. Right. Sorry, he said. You're crying much, much more than the only little girl we have to compare to, so I'm promoting you to great big baby. Are you going to let your robot talk to me like that? Thirteen protested. Bix had climbed up an outcropping of rock and was scanning the horizon. Sorry, I wasn't really listening. And I tell him to stop, but he hates that. Echo used two of his free hands to make a rude gesture at Thirteen and then resumed his climb. Give me some water, Thirteen begged. Not yet. Bix shook his head. Try to sweat more slowly. That's impossible. Thirteen, there's no telling how long we're going to be out here. When the water is gone... Bix's voice trailed off and it made everyone turn around and look. He had his hand up, shielding his eyes from the scorching sun, and was staring off into the distance, unsure of what he saw. Thera, if you had to guess, would you say this was good news or bad news? Thera exchanged a look with Echo and then scrambled up the jutting rock that Bix was standing on until she was beside him. The ground leveled out ahead of them and the horizon was an ocean of heat vapor trails, making the entire Badlands look like a pot of boiling soup. But there was definitely something out there, far ahead of them, heading their way. It's them! Thera shouted. The good them or the bad them? 
Echo asked. Those are Slordis craft, I'm sure of it. She said. I think the largest may be my mother's royal hover barge. Bix blinked at the horizon. You got better eyes than me. I see some dots and a squiggle. Maybe we should get to cover, just in case, Thirteen offered nervously. Then they could miss us, Thera protested. Better missed than eaten. Coward! Thera snapped, kicking loose rocks in Thirteen's direction. Take it easy, Bix scolded. There isn't any cover out here anyway. I'm telling you all, those are my people coming to rescue us. Then who are they? Echo asked, pointing in the opposite direction. Everyone turned and looked, and there, advancing up the long, gradual slope they had been climbing for hours, were other, much larger dots and squiggles. In fact, they did not look much like dots and squiggles at all, but tiny, distant people riding some kind of animals that were moving very fast. Windmere, Thera snarled. Run, Thirteen said, and began to push himself harder up the ridge of the slope. They'll be here in moments, Thera cried. Get to cover. Yeah, there's still no cover, Bix said with a shake of his head, climbing down from his rock and pointing back in the direction they had come. These guys see us, and they're getting here first. Everybody have some water. Aren't you going to fight them? Thera howled. Don't you have a gun? Problem with guns is people tend to use them when they get scared. Then other people wind up dead. I didn't come to this planet to kill people and make enemies. Also, you forgot to take one when we left the ship. Echo offered. Also, I forgot that, yes. Bix agreed. You're all useless. Thera spat. Your mom is right behind us. Bix said as calmly as he could. Our job is to stay alive until she can catch up to us. Thirteen, let's get those manacles off you. If they think you're still working for the universe, you won't last long. What about my uniform? Thirteen said, rubbing his wrists. Can't be helped, Bix said, handing him the canteen. Drink. They might not let us do it for a while. The pursuers were more clearly visible now. They were tall warriors, each carrying a long electro-spear and riding on the back of an enormous bird that Bix would have said looked like an ostrich but only because he did not have a bigger, more impressive-looking land bird to compare it to. The creatures were enormous, with thick, powerful legs and long, serpentine necks. Their cries echoed through the canyons and sent a chill down Thirteen's heart as he gulped water from the Ranger Scout canteen. The great birds closed the distance at speeds that seemed impossible, the rocks crunching under their massive feet, their feathers flashing an electric blue in the bright desert sun. Their riders... Wearing battle armor fashioned after the plumage of their mounts, closed ranks and lowered their spears, racing toward the small band of castaways. Captain? Echo asked, not at all sure what the plan was here. Echo, we don't even have a ship anymore. I'm pretty sure you can just call me Bix. The great birds thundered up the slope and surrounded the party of adventurers, preening and squawking as they did. The riders showed sparks from the blades of their spears. No one moved. Hey guys, what's up? Bix said as casually as he could. The lead rider broke the circle, riding up to tower over the captives. Like all of the riders, physically he looked like a grown-up version of Thera. Skin might be a little deeper green, fangs a little less noticeable, but not that different. These might be two tribes, but they were a single species, and Bix hoped that was something at least. Thera of Slordith, the lead rider said in a deep, melodious voice. You are captive of the Windmere. I would rather die. Thera spat. This person does not represent us, Echo said, raising one of his smaller and less threatening hands. I agree with the robot, 
Thirteen said, trying to smile. "'You outlanders dare to speak in the presence of a royal captive?' The lead rider was scandalized. "'They dare do a lot of things, friend,' Bix said calmly. "'That's a couple heroes of the rebellion you've got there.' There was a collective snort at this. "'And the uniform?' the warrior asked, pointing at Thirteen, who looked as unlucky as his name. "'Undercover work,' Bix said. "'Best in the business.' The rider's eyes narrowed. And who might you be then? he asked. Bix Banderson, Earth Ranger Scout, Bix said as much as possible as if that explained everything. The rider was astonished. You are the one called Banderson? he asked. But you are so small. I'm big for my size, Bix nodded. That doesn't make sense, Thirteen whispered. Stop helping me, Bix hissed. The lead rider still seemed unsure. Banderson? Of the Freebird? The one who single-handedly destroyed the Great Armada of the Universe? It was a team effort, Bix said casually. The riders raised their spears as one in a salute. It took Echo and Thirteen several seconds to realize they were not about to be slaughtered and stopped ducking. You are indeed brave, Captain, the lead rider said. I have fought the forces of occupation low these many years and never seen such a deed. I am called Jaxar, first warlord of the forces of Windermere. For what it is worth, I was opposed to blowing you out of the sky. Thanks, Bix said. I was pretty opposed to it myself. We're just trying to return this lost little girl to her mom, Jaxar. Call me that again. There a hiss. And I will eat your face. Kids, Bix said with a smile and a shake of his head. You know how it is. I do indeed, mighty Banderson, Jaxar nodded. But I know that my queen has commanded that Princess Theva shall be welcomed to her citadel at Windermere. You shall join us too, all of you. I am certain that Queen Viren will wish to meet you all. Don't trust him, Bix, Thera said. These traitors will kill us. I don't trust anybody, Your Majesty, Bix said. But I can count, and I have the idea that we don't have a whole lot of choice, do we, Warlord Jaxar? Your instincts are correct, Bix Banderson, Jaxar nodded to his men. Find them mounts! The forces of the Slordeth are near, and we must ride like the wind. This is Jack Ward from the Mutual Audio Network, and from all of us here, the entire United Artists of Audio, I want to thank everyone who has supported us. Listeners and producers, writers and actors, musicians and graphic artists who make audio drama and audio fiction. You inspire us all. And thanks for making a home here on Mutual, where we listen and imagine together.